Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. Coming up this week, it's Mansfield News, Sports, and Weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Cyber attack criminals start emailing MISD students, staff, and alumni. Council gets into the Christmas spirit in a moment with the mayor. Upcoming event will have you gazing at the moon. Wondering what to do with that old refrigerator? The city will take it this weekend. Mansfield celebrates its heritage with Founders Day Festival this weekend. Jonathan Dodd, what's coming up in sports today? MISD football puts up some big scores over the weekend. Coming up in the features section. I'm Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, I will discuss how to make one kind of scientific observation. Want to help your heart and your community at the same time? I'm Angel Biasati, and today we're talking about how to do just that in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Do I have to fix the dishwasher or tell them about that other thing? I'm Beth Steinke, and we'll discuss seller's disclosure today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will remind you how delicious summer can be. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, Steve concludes his in-studio talk with local author Shane Trotter. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams with Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hey, this is Jeff Kish with Barla Tree Experts, and I'm here to talk a little about pest and disease control for your trees and shrubs. I'm sure you've noticed all the beautiful green, lush trees and shrubs in the area and seen them covered full of leaves. What you probably don't see is that they could be crawling with bugs. Many pests which go dormant over winter are now emerging, burrowing through tree bark, sucking essential sap, and munching on the leaves. Tree diseases are also present, weakening plants and leaving them susceptible to tiny pest invaders. Don't let these unwanted guests plague your property. Call the professionals. Bartlett Tree Experts will inspect your trees and shrubs and prescribe ongoing care to keep them looking their best all summer long. Give us a call today at 1-877-BARTLETT. We are your neighbors and are completely knowledgeable about plants, soils, and pests. Don't underestimate these little bugs. They may be small, but their damage can be enormous. Call Bartlett Tree Experts today and let us take care of you. The number again is 1-877-BARTLETT or visit us online at bartlett.com. That's bartlett.com. This is Randall Kennedy, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Mansfield ISD sent out notices to students, staff, and alumni stating that the criminals behind the August cyber attack have begun contacting potentially impacted individuals by mail and posted the district's website for more information. The district has now received notices that some individuals are receiving emails from an unauthorized actor claiming that the actor may have stolen data from Mansfield ISD's network. The school district urges individuals who receive such emails to not respond to the communications or any other attempted outreach by the unauthorized actor. The district also asks that you forward any suspicious email communications to cybersecurity at misdmail.org and then delete the email from your inbox and from your trash. That email address again is cybersecurity at misdmail.org. 
The investigation is an ongoing effort with local and federal authorities. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. In the studio this morning, as he is every two weeks, the mayor, Michael Evans. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back, Steve. It's good to be here this morning. And let's just, let's just jump right into it. You started with a work session regarding trash pickup. Yes, we did. We started uh, with the uh, work session with Republic Services, and uh, we, we discussed uh, whether we would have pickup of our garbage and trash and all that stuff on once a week or twice a week. But I can say, I can say to those listening, you know, for the most part, uh, and this was in public, for the most part, uh, we believe that uh, twice a week is uh, what our residents would like. But uh, we're going to have offer listening sessions uh, over the uh, next few months just to hear from our residents. But uh, we all are leaning toward twice a week. Then we went over to council uh, chambers and started with proclamation. Yes, uh, we uh, read a proclamation uh, recognizing National Night Out, and that's going to be October the 4th. And you know what? We want to thank our neighborhoods for inviting our police officers to uh, come to celebrate with them and to help build a safer city. Uh, This is a good time for you to come out and meet your neighbors. And, um, you know, some of those uh, some of those uh, uh, neighborhoods have food and all kind of nice recreation. So it's a good time. Now, we also had another proclamation. Yes, sir. Uh, where uh, we proclaimed September as Hunger Action Month uh, with our friends at the Tarrant Area Food Bank. And uh, this month, we just encourage community members to uh, help us, help us all to end hunger, not only in Mansfield, but uh, throughout the entire country. You honored Common Ground, one of my favorite uh, uh, favorite nonprofits here in town. We did. You know, Common Ground, they do, do an outstanding job, and, and we just appreciate uh, them, the people who uh, support, in particular, our underserved youth. Uh, their efforts uh, go great lengths to provide food uh, for the children of uh, Mansfield. Then the council got into the Christmas spirit. We really did. You know, I tell you, we, we kind of felt it. I almost heard jingle bells, you know. That's right. Uh, uh, the, the, <laughs> you know, we thought about we thought about um, uh, Christmas and just how great it's going to be uh, this year. So what we did was we recognized the people in our community who worked to make Mansfield's Toys for Tots drive a major success year after year. So uh, as a community, we're so blessed to have uh, people like Flo Torres Atkins and uh, our United States Marine Corps uh, for uh, the work that they do in helping uh, us to brighten up somebody's Christmas. But this year, here's what's so awesome. Uh, This is the 10th anniversary of Toys for Tots uh, in uh, the city of Mansfield, and I think the 75th anniversary of the program overall. So all of that is uh, coming together. Uh, We're going to be at the uh, Jim Fashaska's Performing Arts Center uh, this year, and uh, we're going to have a great time. As a matter of fact, uh, our hometown holidays is going to be combined uh, with this celebration. So this year, it's going to be a four-day celebration. Now, let let me say this. I need to make make it very clear that uh, in 23, we're looking to bring hometown holidays back to the downtown area. But this year, because we have uh, construction uh, that's taking place, you've got um, uh, building facades that's being changed out. You've got loose bricks and all of that stuff. So we didn't want anyone to get hurt, but um, we're going to have a great time at the uh, Performing Arts Center, and we're inviting everybody to come down and be a part of it. And we'll talk about that uh, facade improvement here in just a second. We uh, introduced new uh, new boards. There are boards that work with the city council of planning and zoning, et cetera. And uh, new boards were announced uh, last night. Yeah. New board members. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and I'm so thankful. Uh, and we, we should all be so thankful to have residents who participate in their community and uh, lend their knowledge and expertise uh, to the city of Mansfield. And uh, while I am on this 
subject. Uh, what we believe that we have done is uh, given more people uh, who are fairly new to the city or those who've just been, you know, observing and participating for so many years and uh, have not had the opportunity to uh, volunteer to serve on one of our boards or commission. Uh, we were able to do that this year. And uh, what we have is an opportunity through uh, uh, terms and, and just some of the term limits. You have an opportunity to invite others to be a part of the great work that takes place. But now when I say term limits, I want to make it real clear. We're not saying that people uh, cannot uh, who've been on boards for maybe 10, some even 20 years, that they cannot serve anymore. No. Nope. As a matter of fact, when they term out of one board, that very same year, they can move to another board or commission. And after laying out for one year, after having been a part of board A, they can actually go back and serve on that board again. So it helps bring in new blood. It really does. It really does, while keeping that uh, that that wisdom around as well. Changes to the historic overlays. Uh, we held a, a first reading and public hearing to designate the Mansfield Cemetery and the Mansfield Community Cemetery in the historic landmark overlay district. Uh, these cemeteries have been here since the 1800s, and it's important, I believe, to protect our history uh, for uh, the uh, next generation so that they can learn from the past, uh, just with the hopes of creating a better future. Now, what's important about this is that both cemeteries are able to remain autonomous, uh, but but what's good about this, and, and I appreciate Art Wright for the great work that he does, uh, the cemeteries are now able to apply for grants, uh, grants that would uh, allow both of them to identify uh, unmarked graves, to repair uh, on unmarked uh, um, uh, headstones or to repair headstones, uh, period. So it just says a lot about where we have come from as a city. And it's really, I tell you what, it really just builds pride in you uh, when you see the community coming together this way. We've mentioned the facade improvement downtown and that came up on the agenda. What uh, what took place there? Yeah. You know, we approved a grant uh, for a facade improvement for the Dennis Mahoney building. Uh, more recently, of course, known as the uh, Troy Dorsey a karate building. Uh, this building is one of the, the oldest standing buildings in uh, downtown. Uh, we think that uh, in regard to being constructed, it dates back to the 1890s. So what we did was we um, approved a $25,000 grant, uh, which will allow the new owners, which is a BCB transportation, to preserve and to uh, get further use out of the historic building, uh, while also protecting the integrity of the historic downtown area. They were going to just put up stucco or what have you, but we agreed together that, um, you know, if we can preserve those bricks, preserve that look, uh, it's just vintage downtown Mansfield. That's and it. with all of the activity uh, that uh, will be coming to the downtown area, uh, we just want to we want to shine and we want people to know that we're proud of our downtown. Ten items on the consent agenda. Let's just go for the sexy ones. <laughs> All right, we'll go. We'll do that. All right, we agreed to a $77,250 contract to complete the Chapel Hill drainage analysis. We approved a change order of $66,369 for the aerial sewer repairs project. Trust me, you want that one. And we ratified the expenditures of a $50,292 for hazardous waste disposal. So you know what? I don't know how sexy that is, but um, it, it sure keeps us from stinking around here. You know that. Right. All right. So, uh, you, you know, uh, Steve, I thank you so very much for allowing me to come um, uh, after uh, each city council meeting. And these are the highlights uh, from this week's meeting. And uh, I want people to know that if they'd like to watch the entire meeting, just go to www.mansfieldtexas.gov. Again, thank you for letting me come. Absolutely. We do this every two weeks. He comes in the morning after every city council meeting. And uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, Michael Evans, I appreciate the time that we spent together. It's good to be here, and it is a blessing to serve. We'll see you in two weeks. Yes, sir. Stargazers, listen up. Saturday is International Observe the Moon Night, an annual worldwide public event that encourages the observation and appreciation of the moon. And the Mansfield Public Library is hosting a watching party starting at 7 p.m. The Fort Worth Astronomical Society will be bringing a 
amazing telescopes to view the moon and other celestial beauties. The library suggests that you bring a chair or perhaps a blanket and enjoy lawn games until nightfall, which is when you'll get to find out if the moon is really made of cheese. International Observe the Moon Night happens again this Saturday evening in the open field right behind the Mansfield Public Library, located at 104 South Wisteria Street. Wondering what to do with that old, worn-out refrigerator? Or perhaps your tax returns from 2004? The City of Mansfield is hosting Chunk Your Junk and Shred Day this Saturday. The events are a chance for Mansfield residents to bring in old, bulky items that are too large to set out for regular curbside pickup, or paper products that need to be shredded. The event takes place on Saturday, October 1st from 8 a.m. to noon at the Environmental Collection Center at 616 South Wisteria Street. The cost is free to Mansfield residents with proof of residency, such as a Texas driver's license or water bill. For more information, head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the Links tab. And Colleen, after you've chunked your junk, head on out to 604 West Broad Street as the City of Mansfield presents the second annual Founders Day Festival. And it's just a really fun event where visitors to the museum get a chance to kind of see what life was like in the 1800s. We're going to have all kinds of artisans and historical demonstrators out there doing, you know, old-time activities. We're going to have bands playing. We're going to have hands-on activities. It's going to be a really awesome day. That's Manhouse Museum Manager Jessica Baber. The Founders Day Festival runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Manhouse, again located at 604 West Broad Street. Festival artisans and food trucks will be selling their goods, but admission and parking are free, and there will be a shuttle which will also run from downtown public parking lots. Follow the signs. For more information, you can log on to mansfieldhistory.com. Let's head on over to the sports desk. Here's Jonathan Dodd. The Mansfield Tigers continue their undefeated season and improve to 5-0 versus the Lake Ridge Eagles with a 49-34 victory. Tigers quarterback Sergio Kennedy was at it again, throwing two scores and rushing for 275 yards and two more touchdowns. Both teams are off this Friday with Mansfield playing the Cedar Hill Longhorns who have yet to win a game, while the Eagles travel to Dallas to face Skyline in two weeks. Skyline is coming off a loss to the Legacy Broncos. Legacy is now back above 500 and next plays a district game versus DeSoto on the road. Summit puts up 40 points in an 18-point win over the Burleson Elks. Both teams were scoreless through the first quarter until junior Jaguar quarterback Joseph Williams accounted for three touchdown passes. After the week break, they have a big matchup versus 4-1 Midlothian Heritage. And on Thursday, Timberview had the high score of the week for MISD schools, racking up 56 points on their way to a 48-point margin of victory over Newman Smith of Carrollton to remain undefeated on the year. Bulls quarterback Zurich Humes had four touchdowns and running back Jarvis Reed tallied 182 total yards in a touchdown. This Friday, they will face a good squad in the Birdville Hawks, who are 3-1. and one. And the highs and lows of Texas high school football, Whit Harrell breaks the century mark, beating Throckmorton 102-52. And the low score of the weekend, Bay City manages a lone touchdown versus the Freeport Brazos Sport final score 7-0. And the biggest goose egg of the week, Seymour puts it on Monday, 71-zip. Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Thank you, Jonathan. We love getting feedback from the community, and if you have a comment, the good, the bad, the ugly about the show or anything happening specifically within an episode, you can reach us by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. Saturday, October 1st is National Pumpkin Spice Day, a day where we combine the start of the fall season with a dash of cinnamon, ginger, cloves, allspice, and nutmeg to bring to the world the savory sweet taste many people have come to know and love. Think about how pumpkin spice conjures up images of red and gold fall foliage decorating walking paths on a cool morning. Ah, yes, pumpkin spice comprises wholesome ingredients that remind us of a warm hearth and the bounty of the harvest. 
What could be better than that? I mean, think about it. The world has gone gaga over pumpkin spice, and the business world has recognized that as a way to cash in by adding the seasonal seasoning to some non-traditional items, such as pumpkin spice soap on a rope, cough drops, beard oil, dog shampoo, kitty litter, and even auto detail spray, just to name a few. So this Saturday, in honor of National Pumpkin Spice Day, head on over to downtown Mansfield, sidle up to the counter at Flying Squirrel or Mary Lou's and get yourself a pumpkin spice latte and be glad that you passed on purchasing pumpkin spiced toothpaste. Let's head on over to the weather desk where Colleen has spiced up her forecast for the upcoming week. Colleen? Pumpkin spice toothpaste sounds disgusting, Steve. But I have to admit that the assistant at Dr. Barry Cole's office once gave me a tube of Crest Sparkle Fresh Toothpaste, which is like a bubble mint flavor aimed at children. And I'm kind of hooked on that. In any case, I didn't even need to spice up the weather forecast because Mother Nature is finally allowing summer heat to ease up a bit, bringing us some perfect weather to enjoy pumpkin-spiced magic, at least early and late in the day. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We're looking at a week of pleasant temperatures with a high Wednesday of 89 degrees, a high Thursday of 83 degrees, Friday 84 degrees, Saturday 87 degrees, Sunday 89 degrees, Monday 81 degrees, and Tuesday 90 degrees, all with lows between 58 and 63 degrees. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to a quarter inch of irrigation this week. Most lawns need help from sprinklers this week, but a surprise rainfall Sunday allows a few controllers to be switched off for the week. Now is a great time to replace dead turf grass with native plant landscape beds. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community and why so many people trust Methodist. Congratulations to Lamar Martin, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Name the only person in history to hold simultaneous titles in world boxing, karate, and kickboxing. Lamar knew that it was, of course, the one and only Troy Dorsey. When we come back, this week's trivia question. This is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, 
and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is... Time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, longtime residents of Mansfield may remember the name Bud Irvin. He worked for the city for 30 years and retired in 2009 as the Director of Utility Operations. This week's trivia question is, which Mansfield facility is named in Bud Irvin's honor? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, which Mansfield facility is named in Bud Irvin's honor? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. I'm Mansfield Police Chief Tracy Aaron, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where we observe roving science reporter Dennis Webb talking about how to make a science observation. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. In my circle of online friends, I'm known as the guy who knows about space stuff. I get questions from friends and friends of friends several times a year, and I try to take the time to give a straight and comprehensible answer. A lot of people think science is incomprehensible gobbledygook, and sometimes it is, but I try to show in plain English that it is about gathering information with discipline, that is, making an observation, and thinking about it logically. This week, a friend shared a relative's drawing of something unusual she saw in the sky. The relative also shared a few words about the experience and asked, What was this? Always a good place to start in learning things. To summarize, she saw a bright light moving across the sky that sometimes blinked dark and bright, and made uh, and she made a digital drawing of this impression. It was a great drawing. From this information, it could be a plane or a satellite, but probably not a meteor or derelict satellite crashing into the atmosphere and burning up, which are the other possibilities. I posed a few questions, not so much for her to tell me the answer, as to help her gather information and make her own conclusion. First questions were, what time did you see it, and where was it in the sky? The observer replied, oh, I did not think to write down the time, I was so mesmerized. Uh, It was in the northern sky. Knowing the answers to these questions lets you figure out if other people saw it, which is useful. I'm on several email list servers and Facebook groups of amateur astronomers, and anytime there is something bright and unusual in the sky above North Texas, usually bright meteors, somebody mentions it, sometimes others chime in that they saw it too. Usually these reports include time and which part of the sky they saw it. Describing where in the sky the thing was sounds simple, but the sky is really big. And it's not normal for humans to be precise or accurate about where something is in the sky. Our sky, day or night, is about 20,000 square degrees of area. A single square degree is about the same size as your thumbnail, that is, the fingernail on your thumb, held at arm's length. 
That's a lot of thumbnails making up a grid of sorts in the sky. If you had a sextant, which is a mechanical and optical tool for celestial navigation, you could measure very precisely, perhaps within a degree, relative to bright stars or the horizon. Almost nobody has a sextant. I don't have one either. But I've learned to roughly measure the sky using the rest of my hand. If you hold your arm out, the width of a fist is about 10 degrees. So you can estimate how many fists above the horizon the mysterious thing is. This works for people with short arms and little hands, as well as big guys like me. Also, after decades of looking at the night sky, I can eyeball, eh, it's about 60 degrees above the northeast horizon. As we live in modern times, having this time and rough location is useful, as the internet might be able to tell us if it's a known satellite. There is a website called Heavens Above that can tell you every satellite that might be visible at your location at the time you saw it. It will describe each satellite's path relative to the north, south, east, west directions and how high it is above the horizon. This Heavens Above website is largely the work of one person named Chris Pete, and everything is automatically computed from reliable sources of data. The website is hosted by the German Space Institute DLR. For reference, DLR provides control centers for several German satellites and does some of the astronaut training for the European Space Agency. It has proven to be a reliable source for these predictions. Another useful question, was it brighter than or fainter than the brightest stars you can see? This is useful for comparing to other people's observations, and the Heavens Above website will make a prediction about how bright it might be. This brightness is on the same scale astronomers use to describe the brightness of stars and planets, which are visible in the sky at the same time. Another useful question, which way was it moving and how fast? Most satellites move slowly from west to east, and my new friend confirmed her mysterious object did that. A few satellites move in other directions. Also, airplanes move in all kinds of directions, but those of us in the Metroplex are close to airports, so most big airplanes we see follow a similar path over our house, either landing or taking off. Satellites move slowly, and meteors move very fast as we see them on the sky. Let's say Heavens Above helps you figure out which satellite you saw. There are lots of satellites, and the website can tell you the name of the one that most closely matches what you saw. Some, like the International Space Station and the Hubble Space Telescope, have a lot of online information you can study. Some satellites we can see are secret military reconnaissance satellites from our country or others, and you will likely find almost nothing about them beyond their name. None of this is important in our daily lives. However, anytime you see something interesting and are curious what is going on, it's an invitation to use the processes of science to learn something new. The more information you have and the more accurate it is, the deeper you can dig. We live in a time where our smartphones connect us to all the knowledge of human history, as well as cat pictures, TikToks, and the occasional fabrications by hoaxsters. The good stuff, like Heavens Above, is in there, and part of the scientific method requires judging your sources and references. I encourage you to follow your curiosity using the scientific method. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here with information on an upcoming event that could improve your cardiovascular health in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Being physically active is a step toward good heart health. It's one of the most effective tools for strengthening the heart muscle, maintaining healthy weight, and keeping off the artery damage from high cholesterol, high blood sugar, that can lead to heart attacks or stroke. Regular exercise also improves factors linked to cardiovascular health, resulting in lower blood pressure, healthier cholesterol, and better sugar regulation. So join me as we step out for heart health and a good cause at Run With Heart on Saturday, November 12th at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. From a certified half marathon, and 5K, or have fun with a one-mile fun run. All proceeds of the race benefit cardiology services at Methodist Mansfield. Run or walk in honor of those living with heart disease or who have lost their battle with heart disease. Register today 
at MethodistMeansfulRunWithHeart.org. You'll be doing your heart and your community some good. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel Biasati, reporting for About Mansfield Podcast. Is the local real estate market up? Or down. Realtor Beth Steinke is here with this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. How much are you required to tell your buyer about the house you are selling? In Texas, and I believe it's true in all states, the seller is required to provide the known defects about the house they are selling to the buyer. Now, why is this? The real reason is risk reduction. More on that in a moment. We all know that when you buy a house, get moved and settled in, that little things start to happen, and sometimes big things do. The last thing you want the buyer to say is, if I had known this or that, I would not have bought this house. And worse, if it's followed by something like, I'll bet the sellers knew and covered this up. Well, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen, folks. Now back to the role that the seller's disclosures play in risk reduction. If that item had been listed on the disclosure then guess what? The buyer signed that disclosure indicating that they went into the purchase with eyes wide open and all issues fully disclosed. You just saved yourself a boatload of trouble and money. What if that item wasn't listed on the disclosure? Well, now that can be problematic. The good news is that even though many buyers do likely have a pretty firm leg to stand on in the courts, the cost of mounting a legal war typically overshadows any gains that might be eventually realized. What if it was genuine oversight on the part of the seller? You just didn't think that that was a big deal and never even thought to add it to the seller's disclosure. The answer remains the same. If an argument could be waged that if they had known this thing before they bought the house and they can prove that you knew about it, then maybe they could sue and win. What if the issue has been fixed? Technically, you do not have to disclose an issue that has been remediated. However, it's never a bad idea to go ahead and disclose and explain how the issue was resolved. For instance, the seller had mice that lived in the walls of the primary bathroom behind the vanity. The entry points have been corrected, and the little family of mice happily living in the walls have met their demise. New buyer moves in, decides to renovate the bathroom, removing the vanity, and discovers the mouse massacre. They are upset. Should the seller have disclosed in this situation? Rodents, insects, and snakes are not a thing people tolerate very well. In this case, the seller made the wise choice to disclose the issue and the remediation done or not done as the case may be. Buyer can be upset, but likely does not have a grounds for a lawsuit. What about the seller who failed to disclose the leak in the pool? Guess what? The pool service company openly shared with the new buyers immediately that they had told the sellers about the leak, but they did not want to fix it. Oh no, (laughs) that is definitely a problem. And again, while the buyers may have grounds for a suit, the cost associated may be a big deterrent in pursuing such action. The instructions I give my sellers about completing the seller's disclosure is simple and straightforward. This is your communication to the buyer. Share everything that you know is wrong with the house. Take your time. Think carefully about every question and answer. Be factual. Provide explanations. And if you think to yourself, should I disclose the family of raccoons living in the attic or that highway that's proposed behind our fence? Then the answer is definitely yes. The bottom line is that disclosure reduces your risk. In real estate, we always say, Disclose, disclose, disclose. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of Tuesday, September 27th, there are 121 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. They have an average days on market of 46, indicating a lengthening of marketing time needed to get a home sold. Price reductions, seller contributions, and interest rate buy-downs are becoming more commonplace to get homes sold timely. Still, There's no better marketing strategy than to price a home right in the first place, as we are seeing well-priced homes list and sell quickly. Interest rates have continued to rise, but we've had 21 homes close last week in Mansfield at an average of 98% of final list price, proving that Mansfield is a great place to live. Are there real estate topics that you want to know more about? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, 
Either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is going to have you wishing it was still summer in the Cocktail of the Week. This week's Cocktail of the Week is called It's a Match. And today, we'll be holding on to the last days of summer with another reminder of summer's great harvest. But as always, don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So the ingredients, you're going to need two ounces of a good citrus vodka. There are plenty on the market. Choose your favorite. You're going to need two strawberries. You're going to need some fresh leaves of basil. You're going to need one jalapeno slice, about a half ounce of lemon juice, and about three-fourths of an ounce of simple syrup. To make the cocktail as simple as adding all the ingredients into a shaker glass and muddling, note as you add the basil leaves to the shaker, lightly slap it against the back of your hand to release the oils from the leaves. Muddle all the ingredients thoroughly, add ice and shake, and strain into a cocktail coupe glass, and then garnish with a fresh basil leaf. This cocktail is courtesy of Bedford & Company out of New York City. And as always, I want to hear your take and your input. You can reach me, as always, at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. I'm Dr. Sean Garf, sports medicine specialist at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And today we present part two of our interview with Mansfield resident Shane Trotter, author of Setting the Bar, preparing our kids to thrive in an era of distraction, dependency, and entitlement. Oh, I love that title. Enjoy. Yeah, taking away smartphones from kids is a is a huge undertaking. But then that begs the question: Who are the parents? Absolutely, and and, and the parents that are you know of coming of age today. Uh, this is an all new. We're seeing it's it's an issue that keeps being exacerbated more and more. Um, I always emphasize to people that that all the trends we're, we're seeing post-COVID-19 were in place before COVID-19 as well. Uh, the parents that we're seeing today, you know, they, they grew up, uh, another one of the causal factors that is very, very significant is uh, w- w- what has been called the safetyism movement, which is despite the fact that that the world has never been safer, uh, or you know, certainly that was the case prior to COVID nineteen. We're still kind of recalibrating a little bit, despite the fact that kidnappings are lower than they've ever been. That you know, so abductions are lower than they've ever, ever been. Household accidents are lower than they've been. All these things, our parents, because of media exposure, have been sold a culture that tells them they they have to monitor their children at every moment they have to they have to chauffeur them everywhere they go yeah. so you know where i was i'm 33 you know i was i was in elementary school in the mid 90s and uh very you know i grew up in st louis and very vividly remember second grade walking to school every day with my friends no way walking home and w- what really blows my mind to think of is i would go to the park most days after school with my friends before I came home. And it's like, well, I didn't have a phone, obviously. I, did, I didn't in any way check with mom to say, oh, I won't be home at 345. I'm going to be home at 445. It was just an understood. And it wasn't just me. It was the entire neighborhood. Right. This, is, this was the culture as it was. And that's been transformed to such a great degree. And that is, so Jonathan Hyde is a great psychologist. Uh, he, he, if you want to understand a lot of things, he, he's got phenomenal books on this. And he actually wrote a, an article in The Atlantic. Um, well, first, what you should do is buy my book, where I, I cite a lot of his research. Uh, so that's a great introduction to him. Uh, but he wrote a great article that, that's in The Atlantic um, this past April, uh, titled something to the effect of why the, the past 10 years have been uh, so exceptionally stupid and why it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And he breaks these things down. But the, one of the, the, the big causal factor that, that he points out to for, for what's going on with, with children and depression, other than the smartphone, um, is the safetyism, as he calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is this, when we don't allow our children to play, uh, when we don't allow them to to, to take ownership of their own free time, uh, to, to, you know, 
cook for themselves, make their own lunch, contact the coach themselves when they have an issue, contact the teacher themselves. Uh, and, and again, when we don't allow them to free play at a young age, then they never have confidence to go out in the world. They never have a sense uh, that they can do these things that were, were once basic expectations. Um, they they have this, we've, we've taught them, we've kind of created this self-fulfilling prophecy where they expect an adult to step in anytime there's a minor disagreement. And so, they they see themselves as far more fragile when they really are, and they don't ever develop these simple coping and relational skills right. that are only developed through experience. We can't we can't write it down in a book and expect them to learn it that way. So the days of uh, you're, you're talking about the '90s where you you go to the park after school, and 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 now we get into the 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 era of the fragile kid. How did we go from one to the other? This, and and it, maybe it is the smartphone or the video games or the lack of social skills because people are staying home and not going out and playing. Is that then how we basically made that transition from the freeform kid that would just go out and ride their bike till in, until the streetlights came on mm-hmm. to the kid who's locked up in his room playing Fortnite? From the time they get home till the time they go to bed. There there was a gradual, it's been a very gradual, and it's become far faster in the past couple decades. So these things happen gradually, and then that that is only sped up considerably. So, you you know, as recent or as far ago as 1985, Neil Postman wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death, where, uh, you know, he he pointed at these things. You know, one of the things uh, that happened was the collapse of the Soviet Union. So there's no grand mission. There's no, you know, kind of uniting mission, no sense that our children have to be ready for something. Yeah. Um, But... uh, Mid '90s, um, Robert Putnam wrote uh, tremendously influential and amazing book called *Bowling Alone*, where he looks at the collapse of communities, just communities in general, since the 1960s. Um, and uh, you know the the 19 you know the, the 1940s post World War II, America is kind of the the cultural envy of the world at that time. Many, many issues which we, we, we had to sort out still, and uh, so, so there's no denying that. But communities tended to be tight-knit, uh, very tight-knit. Uh, then uh, they, you know, all the clubs, the organizations, the, the, the self-governing institutions that made up community life started to t- deteriorate. And his number one thing he pointed to was the fact that television television consumption exploded. So this is 1950, less than 10% of Americans have a television. Yeah. 1959, over 90% do. By, by the mid-80s, mid I'm sorry, uh, the average American has four in a household. Right. And so as, as time on screen, you know, it, it happened before the phone, as we were spending an average of four hours a day on the, uh, on the, with the TV on, uh, you know, society was, you know, we, we saw the culture wars pre-smartphone. Uh, you know, the, the, the culture war concept was there in the late 90s and, 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 the, and the early aughts. Um, again, these things are only being exacerbated by modern technology. So people aren't going out like far less often. Far less, uh, so we can go back and blame this on Ed Sullivan. <laughs> well, it, y- y- you know, it, you could, and to some degree, these are the inevitable transitions of technology, and it's about looking at the research and adapting accordingly. So if that's the trend we're seeing in TV, you know, the obvious thing is you can't demonize it. That's the world we, and and to to a large degree, it connects us too. You know, you know, growing up when I did, my friends and I, we bonded over quoting Will Ferrell. Uh, you know, Will Ferrell <laughs> movies, like, we quoted them. Dear in, baby in, Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, so, so it's, it's not, they're not the boogeyman. They're not all good. They're not bad. The smartphone's yeah. not going anywhere. Social media's not going anywhere. It's about understanding what's going on and getting ahead of it and coming together as a community and adapting. Because uh, it's only going to get crazier. And you, you, in, in, in the next decade, 
every kid's going to have the ability on an app to, uh, to to do what's called a deep fake, where they can take a picture of you and they can make you say and do things in a video that you've never done. Oh yeah, that's, that's deep fake videos. That that technology's here. It's here and it's about to be ubiquitous. It's it you know it, it'll be an app that the kids have tomorrow and they'll be able to make a video of me saying and doing things I didn't do. Um, it, that's about to. So if we cannot, we have to we have to prepare future generations for the very novel world they're going to inherit. Uh, and and that, that's, that's my book. That's my pitch. That's my thing. <laughs> so they can either build it up or they can tear it down. And, and it, yeah, with technology like that uh, is, is part of tearing it down. Absolutely. Uh, the, if you're going to put people into an environment of endless temptation of infinite information, you've got to give them the tools to navigate it, um, and, and and to to be aware of the to be aware of the potential pitfalls, uh, which are are, are infinite, uh, but also to know how to you know I can I can set my smartphone up, I can change the defaults. And then make it so it is this amazing tool where I'm able to listen to I listen to audiobooks. I'm able to to game it to fit my needs, right? Or to to extend me and make me a more capable person than I could be without it. That's that, that's the potential of technology. It's the not all bad. The potential of, of of taking your smartphone and touring the Louvre, yes, or. The Tower of London and looking at the the uh, the, the jewels and uh, but how many people do that versus taking out uh, their smartphone and whoa what's your favorite app oh it's uh, uh, Candy Crush sure ooh <laughs> yeah can't say I've ever played Candy Crush but <laughs> I, there is a Major League Baseball game on there that I do play almost daily uh-huh. uh, but I, I also do my share of educating myself thanks to the the smartphone. I'm still begging the question, what's the answer? Is there an answer? I think that the the answer has to be clear standards. Very clear standards. And not just at school, but in life in general. In life in general, yes. It 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 has to, and, and what that comes down to is values, which, you know, we're also in post-1960s, uh, in the you know this is comes in the self esteem movement and everything this an age of moral relativism so morals are really you know kind of you hear the word and you you you, 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 you shy away they're they're a touchy subject we don't like them but morals are this amazing social technology that have allowed humans to cooperate over time uh, and and we don't have to th- think of them as such so stuffy and stodgy and strict Ooh, he's it's, got good it's, morals it's, yeah it's not necessarily puritanical but they're the Every society, every successful society ever has had clear values that united people. There has to be something other than than, than legal codes and geography that unite people. And yeah. there always has been. And the reality is that, that that is evaporating. And the only way for it to come about, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, it, to me, it's schools. And if it's, not, if it's not schools, it's going to be community organizations of some sort have got to start clarifying specifically what we stand for, what we believe is good or bad. Uh, and, and that might be uh, pluralism, meaning that might be the competition of ideas, uh, that we are not dogmatic. That was a that was a value of American society through most of U.S. history. Non dogmatism, right. the competition of ideas. So it's not to say that you have to have a strict dogma that everyone buys into, but we have got to come together as communities and clarify specific values we aspire to. You know, every every society has had heroes. Every society has had virtues they they aspire towards, and virtues. It's not necessarily like you know the the puritanical, you know, I never looked at a lady's ankles, you know, it, it, you know, virtues, meaning heroism, something that, that inspires you, the Greek ideal of human excellence that inspired the Olympics and all these things, you know, what, what I see as terrifying is Wally is, is, is the, is the Wally dystopia. I was going to bring up Wally. Yes. Uh, the, the generation after generation after generation getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And, and, and unmotivated by anything but that screen, by 
by by succumbing to their most immediate impulses. Right. And that is, you know, that is something that you see that in every single person who sees that, they recognize something true in it. Like, oh, this is the trajectory, is it not? Uh, and what is the one thing that could ever stand up to that? It is an honor system, a sense of aspiring to become all that humans can be, a celebration of, you know, what a human can be, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and creating a culture that pulls people. So, culture, society, values, norms. These are the things that have the ability to pull human uh, behavior up. You know, there is there is something miraculous about the fact that a Spartan would rather die in battle then miss a battle. Sure. Right? There, that's it's kind, honor. That's miraculous. And that goes against, you know, the survival instincts and everything. But, you know, any Spartan would want that. Uh, and that is the power of culture if we're willing to use it. But we can't shy away from it. So, too often what, what, what we see nowadays is that, you know, and this is, this is kind of post-moral relativism, 1960s, this, this became the thing is, you know, you know, it's your truth. You know, no one can tell you otherwise. Uh, and it seems, um, and people feel judgmental for having any, you know, they kind of, anything they say that could be perceived as judgmental, they back off. But, you know, you do you, man, right? That's- <laughs> and, and, and advertising has only exacerbated that. You sure. know, advertising promotes that, you know, the, you know open happiness, Coca-Cola. You know, That's we right. don't ever want anyone to feel judged. We, and we want to, you know, advertising wants to convince everyone that anyone who would tell you something's bad, well, you know, they're the problem, okay? Don't let them harsh your mellow or whatever it is. And the reality is we have to stand for certain things. And we have in the past. Cigarettes. All right, we, we pretty uniformly as a society took on the, the cigarette company. Uh, we, we, we determined that that was not good to, uh, to, to, to sell to minors. You know, we do the same things. You know, we have cultural values that are, that are good. There's a reason that, we, you know, no one, no one jumps to defend the child predator. Right. No one does. So we have things we can unite around. Unfortunately, they're far too small right now. Uh, and it's become very in vogue to, 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 to anyone who would take on uh, obvious things. You know, anyone with their eyes open can see what the smartphone is doing to society. Right. And again, we're not getting rid of it, but it's about responding intelligently. And it's about, you know, to me, the, there's a sense that the schools should not tell us you know, what to do among some parents, you know, like, well, 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 the parents should be making these decisions. And the reality is they're not. So this is just meeting the moment as it is. They're not, and they're lost. Uh, and those that aren't lost, like I, like I mentioned earlier, that they need someone else clarifying the good path so they can, so they, you know, to, to empower them to make that decision to wait until high school to give their kid a smartphone. They need to be empowered. If the school district came out and said, boy, the, this is the effect we see of these smartphones. We think it's Pandora's box. It's what the research is showing. Um, you know, th- there's so much there. You know, we think the best practice parents would be that if you if you need to get them a phone early on, you get them a, you get them a flip phone. You try to keep away from from social media. Um, you know, social media, of course, there, there's age limits, but any kid, you know, they don't verify who you are. Oh, yeah. Um, the, you know, which is which is perhaps a regulation issue. Uh, they, I, I go on my favorite adult beverage website and it says, uh, are you over 21? Yes. Yeah, of course. Oh, I could be 12 and click yes. Sure. But you know, people think people are scared of regulation. But you know, your, your your bank can't can't do business with you if they don't verify who you are. It's a very simple thing to require companies to verify who you are. There's no reason that social media should not be verifying the age and the and who the the, the human actually is. Right. And there are plenty of avenues to do that. Um, so 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 that's there. But also, you know, Jonathan Haidt, Doctor Jonathan Haidt, a uh, social psychologist, studying the research. You know, his recommendation that he's pushing towards Congress is that 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 age of social media first participation is actually age 16 which would be a beautiful thing if we could push the norm such that uh the majority of students were not getting a phone and a smartphone until they were in high school and then they were not eligible to get to get uh social media until they were 16 now that's not uh, not going to be a reality uh at, at the moment but I think I think putting your head down and you know just hoping the problem goes away it, it, it is futile. I mean, it, it, it's it's to guarantee uh, the con- 
the the continued devolution of modern society which the head in the sand (laughs) yes all right hypothetical uh in the couple of minutes that we have left um you shane trotter are you you meet uh you meet a young couple uh the 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 woman is pregnant uh young couple so they're married and 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 the woman is pregnant and they ask your advice on how should we raise our kid but uh, mentally nutritionally uh you've got a clean slate this this woman is about to to give birth to a baby uh, uh, a week a month from now and they say Shane help us out here what's the way they should raise to 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 have a healthy well adjusted person to make that transition to, into adulthood the sad truth is that I can't tell you everything. I, I I could write a book on this, a different book, and go into every single thing. And I and I and I I am to some degree right now, actually. Okay. So the, the but it's it's a long process, and it's about you. First of all, you as an the first and foremost thing you can do as a parent is to take control of your own life, your own habits, your own model, how you live your life and figure out how to thrive. Like very, this is, this is really, we don't do a good job of, of giving our, our students the tools. This is the true core that curriculum that no one is given, but how do you thrive? How do you control your habits? How do you learn to eat well? Um, once you, you know, you have to figure these things out as a parent, you have to take control of your screen time and how you're using that phone. And it's complex and you're going to fail over and over again. Uh, and the thing to know is that it, this is life, like life, you fail over and over again, you learn through failure and it's about just getting a little better every day. So that's, that's the first thing is that I can't give you, you know, there's not one thing I can tell you, you know, nutritionally, I would avoid, uh, you know, I, I would, I would avoid artificial sugars. I would try to get mostly whole foods especially early on with the kids i would want to uh i would want to make sure that the their palate was being created by real foods that way that the the only thing that they want is not going to be hyper sweet or just you know you know we, we, we don't realize that that you know it, it's basically nothing but corn that we're eating uh you know it, when, when everything is processed um but you know, when it, when it, the other thing I, I first and foremost is that the kid is loved, and these are things most parents know. So that's a good thing, right? You know, letting your kids know they're loved every day is the most important thing. Uh, that relationship, that connection. Uh, st- you know, there are they're out there. American Pediatric Association. Uh, I cite them in my book. They're in my book. Uh, there are very clear guidelines as to screen time uh, and it's basically none before age two uh, that that is candy for the brain if and if you don't believe me watch any any 18 month old as they walk past a fibromyalgia commercial they'll be locked on as if they've been waiting their entire life for this medication uh, and it's there's <laughs> something at a very biological level uh, go, that goes on when they see a screen so just remove it uh, encourage them to play know that they're going to get bumps and bruises get them outside you know that we forget that humans are at base we are we're mammals right and that's just part of who we are and the best development uh is going to be when we are kind of in harmony uh with a natural environment so that's early early on you know we 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 want to try to honor the human needs the basic human needs sunlight nutrition sleep hydration love affection these are all the basic needs and a balanced uh, a balanced livelihood yes that's um absolutely why why, why are the letters phd not behind your letter <laughs> but your name i'll tell you why because my my, my father is a phd okay uh, he's a uh, md phd actually he got oh. he's got his phd in philosophy after and uh he was a doctoral philosophy professor and after uh, what he had experienced in, in the academy, uh, he basically told me midway through college, Shane, I, I don't think the investment is worth it right now. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I am a nerd. There's nothing I love more than, <laughs> I mean, I loved college. Sitting in college class learning is, is the greatest joy in the world. Uh, it was for me. Uh, it, but uh, I, I have, I've learned way 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 more in the last 10 years than i ever did in college so i think there's some wisdom to that my wife 
earned a PhD. She, uh, thanks, thanks to her, I have had countless hours of conversations with PhDs, uh, <laughs> many of them in, in social uh, situations. And uh, you, uh, uh, I'm, you could run circles around them. And, and so whether it's uh, in, your, in your future or not, um, yeah, it, it, maybe it isn't worth the investment. Just because you are a self-educator. And we and my gosh, we talked about that forty five minutes ago. <laughs> was the ability to to self educate, and we never we really didn't even get into the nuts and bolts of the book again, again, again. Yes, and, sir. <laughs> but the the conversation has been fascinating as hell, and I. Uh, you know, I'd love to have you come back again another six months, and maybe I would love to physically and physically go through the book and start. <laughs> we we can pick a different chapter and go every month, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. The book is called "Setting the Bar: Preparing Our Kids to Thrive in an Era of Distraction, Dependency, and Entitlement." Shane Trotter, again, fantastic having you here. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk in studio with yet another fine citizen from our community. And you will just have to tune in to find out who it is. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry, Home Improvement, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.